previously on the Simply Human Podcast. When you're done reading the book, can you Xerox all the pages and mail it to me? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll scan them on my scan. That's how app. I'm going to save money. You don't save money on those small things. <laughs> yeah. It's episode 195 of the Simply Human Podcast with your host, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start being more the human today. <laughs> Today's show, I think I started trying to read while I'm talking. <laughs> it is Dr. Tom Inkledon. Inkledon? Let's debate this, the pronunciation. Sabatier. I'm going to go with Inkledon. Inklid- I'm going to go with Inkladon. Inkladon. He's a dinosaur. Okay. In- the Inkladon. The all-feared Inkladon. Uh, he's a world-renowned expert in human health and performance. He's the founder and chief scientific officer of Causenta Wellness, where he's bringing a unique approach to healthcare and cancer treatment that's never been done before. I'm looking forward to talking to Dr. Tom. He's got degrees in management, nutrition, kinesiology, a PhD in physiology, He's a member of a bunch of different scientific organizations. He's trained at the Olympic level in weightlifting and hosts a regular podcast on health, fitness, and cancer treatment. Well, there's that. Um, how are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I've enjoyed uh, going back and listening to some past shows. Oh, yeah? So, I don't know what... You know, anytime I, I produce a show and like and publish one, I always kind of listen to it just to make sure that it's, <laughs> you know, that it... Isn't resp- like some audio of just someone yelling the f word over and over? <laughs> it's like how did that file somehow get in there? And you know, so I listen to us, even if we've just. I enjoy listening to you and you're laughing. And uh, and I was just driving around. I was driving to Stephenville, is what it was. And I was like, you know what? I want to go back and listen to episode sixty, Santa Claus talk. <laughs> and I mean, I've, I've probably listened to that a dozen, maybe at least a dozen times. Uh, and I. Every time I listen to it, I have tears streaming down my face, and I can't even. And I think the funniest part isn't necessarily the content as much as it was you and I just mm-hmm. wheeze laughing and go and, and just can, we just keep keep going. And every and then whenever oh, I wish we try to just like I would just pull it up and play it, but it's the part where you say "Sorry, kids." <laughs> and now you refer to Santa refers himself in the third person for one thing is part of it Santa wasn't planning on being here all afternoon <laughs> Santa you're, you're you smell like a bag of <laughs> diaper full of Indian food oh my gosh if you haven't listened to that I don't know what we're talking about episode 60 of the intro is worth a listen and I will say speaking of listeners who listen we did have a listener I had a text today because the show went up the Grant Sabatier show went up today and I had a text today of what happened what did you burn on that front porch (laughs) so at some point I'm going to have to tell this person what happened you will. A very personal story. <laughs> um, okay. Um, it's a great story how we grew up in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Steve. Um, okay, so I have a story, uh, you know, and we we need to keep mentioning One Up This, One Up This Game. Yes. Uh, sent us a free, actually I bought a, a copy of the game and they just like, 
refunded my money. Speaking of what? that, I bought some shoes, and I went, and I, it's been a while, and I was like, man, what are those shoes? So I went and like found the email, the receipt email I got, and I clicked on the like view my order and track track my order, and it went to like a this website no longer exists. Oh, that's good. Yeah, just like the uh, people who made the shoes that they're like. What? You're cutting out. What? Just like a primal professional, like oh, making oh, like three years. It was, it was like eighteen months before I got those shoes. I still wear those, by the way. Those are still some. They're quality shoes. You get what you pay for. But anyway, so I I did a dispute with Bank of America, and I they what they with, with the Bank of America dispute. If you're in like such and such standing with them, and we have all of our retirement and everything, so we're in like whatever oh, tier. Oh, so if you're a big enough customer, they just do stuff. They just give you. They oh, they just crazy. gave me the money back. Yay, capitalism! It's good. And, and then yeah, they're gonna go collect. Totally reward people who. Spend a lot of money. Spend a lot of money, and people who aren't, let's screw them over. Hey, we give a lot of money away. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> I throw money out the window at people when I, as I pass them. You just put it all in change. And you're <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Here's some pennies. <laughs> okay, we're going to play one up this game, and the story is tell a story involving giving or receiving Uh-oh. big news. <laughs> You're going to have to go first because I don't do well, well like yeah. right on the tell a story involving giving or receiving big news. Um I mean the first thing that pops in head is something that happened tonight. Okay. Okay. That's a good place to start. <laughs> Hold on. Let me make sure I'm recording. <laughs> okay. We're good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um so we have this refrigerator. Let me tell you about this refrigerator. It's one of those with the double doors on top and the freezer drawer on the bottom. I hate that. I, we've, we've got one, and I hate it. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Like, because when I was growing up, freezer on the top, and then one. Yeah, that's, how, that's how we rolled until. Yeah, one big door, and then one yeah. big door opened the fridge, and it was on the bottom, right? Now it's yeah. the standard of fridge. And now they're all fancy, and you have like all the different drawers and all the things, and you can have like. Wi-Fi on your fridge and it can get ridiculous. It's like by the way, that is <coughs> is that a that's little, the most a, insane thing in the world. Yeah. That 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 is apparently a big enough thing that they're selling those because they continue to make right. Them. But like the refrigerator where you can like connect to it with your Bluetooth uh-huh. and look inside to see like oh do we need milk right like that sounds crazy. I like just if you need milk, just put it on your list. We need a box that that is cold. I need a cold, wet sack. <laughs> That's what I'm going to start keeping my food in. No refrigerator, just a sack. Why is it wet? Because it's got to keep cold. Well, it's ice. The ice will make it wet, Mark. Gross. It just sounds gross. An old, wet sack. Oh, you I said cold. Oh, I said oh. a cold. Oh. God. <sighs> so, so here's the deal. So this fridge, we've had it for about 10 years. Uh, we were cleaning it one time it's five or six years ago and we left the doors open and instead of the light in the fridge just going off it just burned a hole through the plastic like light cover right so there's like this burned hanging down like light cover it's like dripping it was like dripping down of of the heat so there's that Um, the ice uh, maker hasn't worked in probably four years um Uh The there's there's a drawer like when you open the two doors on the top there's a drawer that comes out it's like a deli drawer I don't know it's a drawer and under that drawer about every four weeks I have to pull that whole drawer out and like get my ice 
axe and chip away like an inch. Like you're climbing the yes, climbing the wall with the, with Mance Raider in the wall. yes, and I have to like like be ice with an ice axe, like an inch thick ice layer, or otherwise it'll just start leaking all everywhere. And so I, giving big news, I said Jen came came in the room and I was like, Hey Jen, guess what you're getting for Valentine's Day, which is coming up on Thursday. She said what? I said well, I just cleaned out and and did the ice thing under the drawer for the last time. She was like, oh, what? She was like, let's go to Lowe's right now. <laughs> she was like so excited. So that was exciting. That was giving some big news. Hmm. You ever like tricked your kids with the, we're going to Disney World. No, just kidding. No, I have not done that. I'm not a horrible person. <laughs> hey, we're going to Disney World. And I load them up and we just drive past like a burned up factory. And like, oh, I guess they're closed. We're going to the dentist. <laughs> I don't have any good like stories about giving or receiving big news. Hmm. Yeah, that's about all I got. <laughs> Way to go, Mark. Not gonna lie, I've been one upped. Pretty, just pretty disappointed in you, Rick. Hey, this is why you can't spring those on me. You have to give me some time to she think said. about them ahead of time, and I'll come up with something funny. Like when you got a job or something, when you got uh, promoted to in, in, inverse. Oh wait, inv- investigator. Yeah, nobody cared. That wasn't a big deal. No, I mean, I mean, I was the only one to put in for the job. So <laughs> got it by default. <laughs> Did you watch Saturday Night Live? By the I'm way, I'm about halfway through. Weekend so you up. you saw the uh, they're in the like Virginia <laughs> man. What is going on there? Ah, what a, what a, a and cluster. by the way, is this the first time? And I follow politics rather closely, but. Uh, that someone's done something just horrible and needs to resign and everyone else is in agreement and the guy just says, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Well, like, like I, I can't, like, okay, what's the next step? I don't know that there is an next right, step. Right, but there's no so, precedent for this. Yeah, so we're going <laughs> to let the guy just keep doing it. Like, are they just going to you know, yeah, like his house down or something? I or? imagine, like, there's, like, a like a panel of judges when, and he's standing there and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to resign. And they're like, they kind of confer and they're like, they're like, Okay. Uh. Well. Well. Uh, <laughs> see you tomorrow at work. <laughs> I don't know uh, what to do here. Uh, uh, but that. Yeah. Uh, have you seen? The have you seen? Worst part of it is that he is. You know. I don't want to. I don't know the guy personally. So. Uh, I yeah. That's why I was going to say. You know, he's a racist. Well. I think. I think it's hard to dress up in blackface if you're not. At like, least kind of on SNL, he's like, wait, 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 no, but I was, I was dressing up as such as such. He's like, nope. Nope, that's that's not okay. <laughs> well, like then, uh, the lieutenant governor is now embroiled in like a, a massive sex scandal. A, a two now. Yeah, and then the, the third, third guy also did the black also face. a racist blackface <laughs> guy, and the fourth guy in the line of succession is only the uh, I forget the uh, I think they call it the speaker of the house is only the speaker of the house because he won a coin flip no way so it's the most just ridiculous like it's about five worst case scenarios all bang 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 like right next i feel like virginia is like the most like stately and like you know i don't think that at all they're all well they're it's like the oldest state or something isn't it well congratulations they created the slave trade it's one of the older states oh yeah (laughs) By the way, I'm reading a book, bragging montage. Uh, I'm reading a book, huh? It's called The Ascent of George Washington. 
Oh, it's oh, that sounds like really interesting reading. It's actually very interesting. George Washington. Wow. It's pretty awesome. This is the best crosstalk we've ever had. <laughs> okay, we have eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you what happened. Okay, I don't know. This might be the. This might be a stupid story. Like Fox, the Fox Channel over the air in Abilene is horrible. It's a. It's terrible. Like K, like ABC, CBS, NBC, all come through fine. I don't have cable bragging montage. I have rabbit ears. It's not really a bragging montage. Yeah, I don't have cable. It's not a bragging montage. Sure it is. No. Anything can be. That, <laughs> that is. <laughs> so, and, and, and by rabbit ears, I mean I have this thing that plugs into a coaxial cable like outlet thing on uh, my TV. I learn all these terms because of what I'm about to tell you. And it's just like a rectangle, like a flat rectangle that's just hanging like in the middle of my living room. Cause, oh, that's yeah. good feng shui. <laughs> yeah, so Jen hates it. You know, and so Fox during Cowboy games, this is important. We're big Cowboys fans. So like like 100 percent of the games, there's a point of the game where like it starts to like and like pause and delay that digital signals coming through. And I've got to stand up. And like then, of course, I, I pasta eat when this is happening and I'm throwing the uh, you know the thing and I'm screaming and I'm mad and it's it. yeah like at one point I threw it into the Christmas tree and it and it started working and I was like wait everybody stop Christmas miracle nobody nobody moved finally had a positive yeah impact. right so it's this it's been this issue well the end like just at the end of the year that signal was just like boom done out there's a there's like a message that says problem with the signal like it not even not even detecting anything. So I did some research, and Simply Human's own Dylan has been helping me out with this because he lives right down the street. He's in the same boat I'm at. He's no cable, huge Cowboys fan, not getting the Fox signal with his rabbit ears that he has. So I bought this like super fancy like exterior-mounted uh, rabbit ears that's supposed to like go outside. Okay. These very fancy rabbit ears. <laughs> right, right. Very fancy uh, old socks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Something very cool just happened. Okay. I just got a text. Listeners, Google Nel- the name Nelson Coates. I know Nel- him. Nelson, C-O-A-T-E-S, Nelson Coates. He's a very famous production designer. He did Crazy Rich Asians. He's done a bunch of movies that you've heard of. He's a family friend of yours. He, just, he just texted me. Okay. On my phone. So what did he say? Let's listen to what he said. He sent me a video. Oh, you probably don't want to. Hey, don't. No, oh my no, gosh. no, no. What? You're 40? No way. Where is the time gone? Yeah, you're pulling something on somebody, I know. Hey, it's Nelson from beautiful, snowy Steveston, which is a suburb of. <laughs> Steveston? <laughs> That's a fake city name. Hmm. Anyway, so he sent a video in for their birthday. I have Nelson Coates' cell phone number now. I'm just gonna start texting him every day. Like, what's who are you with? What famous people are you with? I'm so excited about that. Okay, off the brag montage. That Since is. you had to tell people to Google who he was. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah, not so Google Rick really Bentley. Famous if you if he shows up in Google, <laughs> he will. He's famous. Um. Okay. So trying to make this long story short. So man, you have killed it. By I know. Like your interlude I know. Of like, I got a text message from a guy no one's ever heard. Oh, of. he's very famous. So he's famous among people who know about set design production designers, right? Which is not anyone. Okay. So, so like six weeks 
has gone by and we've tried everything. We've like, you know, the, the cable people just, they, there's just like six cables sticking out of the house that aren't connected to anything. We couldn't figure out, we can't get the one to connect the cable that's coming out from behind the TV. There's cables coming out from below the TV. The bottom line is we we're like climbing on the roof. We're up and down. We're talking to each other on the phone, trying to figure this out. We finally like by a miracle Christmas miracle, we figured it out and we got Fox coming through with a strong signal. And it was like, we, we mounted it. We like drilled the thing into my shingles on my roof in this one spot that was working. We were like figuring out where the signal was coming from, like pointing it at the tower, like over in the distance. And it was going, it was going for like 45 minutes bowling was on yesterday fox fox and we were we were watching bowling and i'm kind of going back and forth i finally after like an hour after we had done it it has, it's been running for an hour no problems strong signal everything is great i'm gonna be able to watch cowboy games with no problem i go get a beer out of the fridge and i go and i sit down to crack open the beer and like watch fox and as soon as i sat down that message came up and the signal went away and there's no like getting up and like moving it around, right? We just drilled it into my roof, <laughs> and, it's and it's still doing it. Doing it's still it. saying still no. Saying. Hey, I've got an idea. Get cable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh and my! Granted, God. our main source of entertainment here is television. We're TV nerds. Yeah. You know, we're watching Game of Thrones for like the fifth time, and. You know, we yeah. will, well, we have, but we have Netflix and Hulu, and we have all that, and Amazon Prime, and well, apparently you don't because the picture keeps going out. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's end this call. Let's get, let's talk to Doctor Tom. Uh, <laughs> this crosstalk has been the title of the show is going to be uh, Doctor Tom Inkleden interview, and Rick tells a story about receiving big news. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this. So we're recording. Uh, we've already done an intro. But I wanted to uh, uh, welcome Dr. Tom Incladon, Rick Incladon. Okay, Incladon. I was correct. Um, and so, uh, welcome to the show, Dr. T- do you go by Dr. Tom? I saw some stuff like online that was like referring to you as Dr. Tom. Is that how you, is that what you go by? Yeah, most people, what's my name when they say I sound like a dinosaur? <laughs> See, I've made that joke already like two <laughs> So I uh, just go Dr. Tom, that way most people could handle three-letter words, you know? Right. <laughs> That's awesome. So where are you from originally? Uh, the Bronx, New York City. Oh, my gosh. Rick, another New York story. Oh, yeah. My brother, my brother lived in Queens for 10 years. Oh, nice. So I used to come my up there. from Queens. Yeah, very cool. So, yeah, he lived in Astoria, and so I used to go up there a lot. And so we moved him back to Texas last year, and it's been good having him, having him back. So, Rick, I don't know if you heard Dr. Tom. He said he's in uh, Arizona. Did you yes, hear that? Okay, you heard that. Okay, cool. So, Doctor Tom, so just uh, the, actually the first thing we're gonna do, um, we're gonna each Rick since Rick ruined it. Rick, we're gonna just do one guess each. We're gonna try to guess your birthday. <laughs> right. And Rick's gonna go first, and you could don't give us any a clue. Like when Rick says your says the day, just yes or no. Okay. And Rick cheated on this and started started researching our guests, and he nailed like four in a row, and I didn't pick up on it. I was just like, man, what are the chances of this? The chances are zero. Yeah, because he cheated. <laughs> so that's why I'm a little bitter about this. So if he gets one, I'm going to be like, mm, whatever. But I didn't tell him. I like I sent him your bio like 30 seconds before. So, I, so he, it's like, who are we interviewing tonight? I'm not telling you that. Okay, so Rick, guess his birthday. All right, I'm going to go with my favorite day, 
February 16th. Huh. No. Why is that your favorite day, Rick? I don't know. I'm just... That's my brother's birthday. Um, brother's I'm going to go with my favorite day, June 9th. No. <laughs> what is it? October 17th. October? That was what I was going to go with first. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> October 17th. So what does that What does that make you? What? What's your sign? A Libra. A, a league. What? Libra. Libra. Uh, I knew that. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know them well enough. I know that uh, that that February is before February 20th is Aquarius, and that I'm Cancer, and I don't want to be Cancer. And we're going to talk about Cancer in a little bit because that's one of your specialties. So, um, Doctor Tom about his birthday. Okay, so will you give us kind of the Cliff Notes version? Who you are? What is your story? How did you get doing where what you're doing today? Okay, so who I am? Uh, my name is Tom Anglodon. I'm an exercise scientist that's been involved in looking at the effects of uh, diet, the effects of exercise, uh, diet, nutrition, all kinds of physical modalities on a human body from just over thirty years. I use, I use education from myself to improve my athletic performance when I was doing. Uh, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, strong strong competitions. Uh, Lifted some pretty big weights, at least back when I was competing. Now, most the top guys today would probably laugh at those weights. But at one point, they were considered heavy. (laughs) Just not anymore. (laughs) And uh, I used basically basically the concept of taking average people and making them superhuman. And I've now taken that for the disease processes that a lot of people are dealing with. Uh, we started with cancer, and we're just crushing it. Um, we have 84-year-old women that are throwing out their wheelchairs and carrying logs Damn. and stuff that people would say cannot be done. You guys are quacks for trying it. And like, when did it become illegal or crackery to actually use your brain and think? I, I've never heard why that would make no sense to do, but unfortunately, a lot of healthcare professionals are trapped in their mindsets and their way of thinking. And they still consider exercise as not having any value, as strange as that may seem, uh, considering all the exercise organizations and the fact that Scientific American has on the cover of what, either last month's or this month's issue, how important movement is for life. Yeah. Hey, exercise, that's nothing. (laughs) So that's kind of the notes. Yeah, yeah, and and one of the things that that I've uh, kind of you know when I'm working with people on this stuff, like I, kind of one of the examples I use, and you're you're an expert on this, so so I want to hear your thoughts on on this point. That when you know I read a, a an abstract one time or something, you know, <laughs> putting on my nerd glasses, but um, it's saying like the things that that people that live to a hundred. You know, like like a number of them smoked, a number of them drank a lot, and other of them had like sort of the, sort of these unhealthy behaviors that you would associate with like an unhealthy lifestyle. But what they all had in common was a was a modicum of like muscle mass in their in their prime. Like they were all very fit and active, and 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 so there's that point, and then there's this when you look at all the things that happens to you when you age as far as degeneration. You know your biomechanics kind of kind of faltering and and getting weaker and breaking down. That strength training is like offsets all of those to some degree. So talk about that. Is that is that a real thing? Is that important to lift to lift things and and get get big muscles? 
Yeah, it is. And so if we could kind of just summarize all the available research, you would probably say something like maybe up to about 50, perhaps 55, 60. You know, that's kind of like your age range where lots of men and women have heart disease issues, whether it's a heart attack or stroke. So from an exercise perspective, you might say, well, cardiovascular fitness is really important. But then all of a sudden, as people get older, so now they're moving past 55 and 60, and they're in their 70s and 80s, the problem now becomes they're too weak to stand or move. And they don't even have enough strength to maybe get a flight of steps. Mm-hmm. So now what happens is their strength declines far more rapidly than their cardiovascular fitness. And so now you're stuck with, well, you've been running your whole life, but now you can't stand. So yeah, your heart's mm-hmm. going to beat forever, but your legs are too weak to carry you, you know, up to the bathroom. So you got some real challenges there. So yeah, you, you might make the argument, well, just do both or, you know, your whole life. And then that way you're not too far off either way. Um, you know, but getting back to um, what you made about the point about people living um, older and having, you know, muscle mass. Years ago, we would look at these, let's say, these uh, very robust older men and women who would say, wow, they're stud. You know, they got a lot of muscle because you could fit, you could see that visually. Today, we would say, well, what, what enabled them to have that muscle? And it's really the uh, relationship to their brain mapping their body. So frail people cannot control their body very well. And because they can't, they lose the muscle mass because they simply can't use it over time. So it's, a, it's a, you know, use it or lose it. So today, you know, we, um, we've gone way beyond like NSCA and ACSM and ACE and all these other sports groups or, or at least fitness organizations. They lack the technical understanding of integrating modalities with neuro- neurology and no one even talks about cartilage biology or arthrogenic muscle inhibition, all these more cutting edge concepts that once you understand that, you now have the ability to take someone in a wheelchair that hasn't walked in years, and now you have them walking in an hour. And then to the rest of the world, it looks like magic. It looks like, oh my God, how did you guys do that? It's science, and it's you know studying what's inside people that's controlling how their body moves, and then figuring out a way to facilitate um, those uh, those patterns or movements so that it's not going to take years to do something and now takes minutes to an hour. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and how are you doing this? Are uh, are you doing this with people by by loading their biomechanical system? Is that is that what you're doing? Is like because there is this uh, the idea that you know low impact stressors, your body's going to adapt, kind of over adapt to the next time that's going to happen, and that's how you get stronger. Um, obviously, at an 84-year-old, you're not going to like, you know, end up looking like a 30-year-old Arnold Schwarzenegger. But there is some degree of of repair and and adaptation, even in 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 that stage of life. Yeah. So um, the difference is, um, I worked with people. The oldest person I've ever worked with was 103 years of age. This guy was in a wheelchair and hadn't walked in years. And I'm like, does he have spinal cord injury? And they're like, no. Then why isn't he walking? Like, you know, if, if he has the ability, if everything's connected on the inside, then why is he in a wheelchair? And because people lower their standards and they accept, well, he's weak. And my position would be, well, if we're supposed to be the competent professionals that we claim we are, then why is he still weak under an RK? At least I said that meaning like uh, as a professional universally, 
in the context of that scenario, um, I went into a nursing home. They would not allow me to take him off site for fear of liability. Like we don't want him to get hurt. Therefore we won't let him do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How does he get better? Yeah, yeah. It's like, we don't, we don't want him to get hurt. We want him to lay there and not be exposed to any variation or any randomness. That's going to yeah. make him better. No, no, that's how he got there in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So he has, he has his, body. his body. That's how he got there. And that's going to trap him to not use his body, right? It's like a flawed circular logic. Yeah. So, uh, well, and that's, and, and, and that's what's happening yeah. with, with the entire world. You know, people are like trying to – people are taking out um, things that are making them stronger. They want this like just completely risk-free and just never any discomfort life. And it's making us – you know, it, it's harming us as a as a human uh race um, do up there we got this weird echo thing and and uh yeah. if you if it's if it's happening just power through it and i can go back okay. and like maybe edit edit some of it out in a minute but just uh, if, if you not, so maybe um uh, i don't normally get this echo when i do any uh podcast and i use zoom every day so i'm not sure maybe it would help if um if the guys would just toggle back and forth, like when when someone's not talking, right? right. Yeah, and and it comes in like it comes in little weird waves, and it'll do it yeah, yeah, like yeah. it just did it again, and then it won't do it for ten minutes or something. We've tried <laughs> everything. We used to use Skype, and we tra- changed to Zoom because of this issue. And it's I don't uh, know, it's super annoying. There's some astronaut up in space who's like messing with us, is what I think is happening. Well, just just tell people that I, I'm from New York and I, I have trouble speaking saying speaking English. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, well, let's. I mean, I I could we could take the whole rest of the time just talking about uh, building muscle and why. It, well, let me ask one more question on this, and then we'll, I want to talk to some uh, to, about the, some of the cancer stuff. But is it? Do you believe like there is like a, a window? We all have this window, and, and of course, like taking any sort of pathological or trauma you know you get your arm chopped off or you have like some sort of pathological issue that is right take all those and kind of put them over to the side that they're they're obviously uh, extreme circumstances that this doesn't apply but everybody kind of has a window and, and your window as you get older like it, it closes and at some point that window is going to close and you are no longer going to be able to build tissue you're just going to be able to if anything prevent degeneration and that's why to me why it's so important to go to the gym or to lift heavy things or to be active and to stress your system is because at some point you're going to run out of time and if you're and if you, that window closes and you're not in a in a in a fit place there really is it's it's going to be a lot harder to maintain and sustain and, and have like a, a long like enjoyable like twilight is that is that kind of a, a true way to think of it well so let's just say that um Generally speaking, if uh, internally, let's say someone at the age of, let's say, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, let's say they were the same all the way through. Yeah, maybe. But my experience, and this is from testing over 100,000 people in in different ways, is that um, when we're younger, um, we really rely on our youth. We just don't know how much we're, we're dependent on it. So I see all these younger people that are have all kinds of issues neurologic for, uh, in terms of neuro, uh, neural control in their body. So they compensate like crazy people. They just don't know they're compensating. They have all kinds of uh, issues where just tissues aren't fully repaired, but because they compensate, they don't feel pain. 
So they don't realize that there's some altered movement mechanics. And there's all kinds of vitamins and mineral issues that are off. And this stuff doesn't always like impact you immediately. It sometimes takes decades. So let's just say, you know, this was you 20 years ago and you had some something affecting you, you just don't know it. So because you're competitive, you figure out a solution somehow and you're now doing well. But now we fast forward 20, 40 years. Now you meet a guy like me and we uncover these things that were going on inside of you that you simply did not know because you can't see them, touch them or feel them. And so now we get these things corrected and now you no longer have those same things holding you back. How much better do you think you could become? And now what you're realizing is the older version of you now has a strategic advantage over the younger version of you and that you have experience and you've eliminated obstacles into your internal physiology and was holding you back that you just didn't know before. And so my experience has been that um, we see lots of people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and even 80s that are claiming, you know, I don't know them their whole lives, so I can't tell you, you know, how true this is or isn't, but I, they're, they're people themselves are claiming, I never could do this before. Or y'all hear things like, I can never control my body. I was never an athlete. And now I can run and jump and do ladder drills and I could dribble a basketball and I never could do this before. And um, I'll give you a quick example. Um, if you ask anyone that's gone through NSCA or SCSM or ACE or NASM, these different organizations, can you simultaneously increase perf- um, strength, speed, power, agility, um, flexibility, range of motion, you know, kinesthetic awareness at the same time? And you would, but generally speaking, everyone I've ever interviewed say, no way, that's impossible. Right. And they're thinking long linear models of periodization or some other concepts like that that are largely outdated. Um, and what they forget is that everyone always assumes that on the inside, everything is working okay. Then you say, what have you measured? What have you objectively tested on the inside? And they've never measured or tested anything because they just didn't know how. And then once we teach them, and I have lots of friends that are strength coaches, particularly at the high school level locally, and I always like to mess with people. So, you know, my buddies, I call them over and say, hey, I'm going to do this, this, and that. And they go, no way, man. That's not, there's no way it could happen. And I have them in 30 seconds doing things they haven't done in 20 years. And they just laugh like little kids because it's so simple. But no one looked at it from a different perspective. And that's all it is. It's just simple things like breathing drills. Right, right, right. Yeah. uh, there's um so your eyes, your inner ear, your respiratory center, they feed into other parts of the brain that control global postural tone. So let's just say you had a lot of tension. Every time you move, you're costing yourself more energy than you need to. Now we do some simple little things that seem really hokey and wacky and like there's no way this is gonna help me. And all of a sudden you're holding a plank from 30 seconds, you just go to three minutes. In like two minutes, you've got now a three minute plank without even doing workouts to get there. Right. That's the kind of stuff that anyone can do. They just, you know, haven't been exposed to some of these more integrated concepts of uh, physiology that they're not commonly taught because you gotta, you need lots of bodies to practice on to make observations and then figure out how these patterns reproduce them. Right. And, and, and everything is connected. I mean, and people think that it's not. People reduce things like, okay, I'm going to do my, my cardio is over here. My heart is this over here, this little segment. And then I have my strength training over here. I have my diet over here. Then I have my respiration over here. Then I have my, my ears are over here. My eye health is over here. Like, and it's just like the, I use this example all the time. It's like the moon cycle 
moves the ocean on the earth. It's like the biggest thing on the earth. The moon like moves that. And you yeah. and we think that the moon cycles don't have an effect on us. Like to think that you can separate yourself from the natural cycles of things is crazy. And and like so so apply that sort of logic to your own body. Like everything is connected. If you're not sleeping good, you're not going to be eating good. If you're not eating good, you're not going to move right. If you're not moving right, you're not sleeping good and you're stressed and and it's just everything is connected. And so I love that idea that you know, it's like, yeah, breathing treatments can make you really strong, like like within seconds, because you're not like tapped in, tapping into the right systems and all this other things. I, I saw this funny meme that was like, uh, my favorite childhood memory is my back not hurting. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but let's, we got, yeah, we, we got about 10 minutes to go. And I want to, okay. I want to spend the rest of the time talking about cancer. And that's something that you uh, have a lot of, uh, 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 specialty in a lot of experience in cancer is not only my uh, sign, my, my zodiac sign. Um, it is my biggest fear. I do not want to get cancer. I I it, I don't know. Like that's just that's just being very vulnerable here. I just I that's one. I just I, it makes me uh, very scared to think about getting cancer. How like what are the questions we need to be asking about cancer prevention? Are our cell phones giving us cancer? Are we standing in front of microwaves? Like what's the deal with cancer? So, um, well, one, you're not alone. Uh, probably the biggest fear disease worldwide would be cancer. Um, part of that is just because professionals, generally speaking, do a very poor job of explaining things to the patients that they're responsible for taking care of. Um, and the majority of people that we see here tell me things like, I only saw my oncologist one time. You're like, what? Out of two years, you saw your oncologist once? Are you kidding me? Um, the doctors here spend hours per week with each patient. And so it just seems shocking to us that as someone's actually, you know, in the United States at a major hospital, they haven't seen their doctor in like two years. Um, part of that is just, you know, the business aspects that large centers are right. using to manage patient care. Um, in terms of uh, questions, though, that people should ask, a hundred percent of people ask the wrong questions. So, so, uh, so that uh, no two people are exactly the same. Um, we know that for a number of reasons, but you could just look at it mathematically. There's approximately twenty-two thousand genes. Yet, despite you know that that limited number of genes, um, we have billions of different-looking people. So somehow, from our in our genes. You have all this other stuff that happens that leads to all these people looking different. And each one of us is so unique. It's not like, hey, I'm the only guy like me alive today. It's, hey, I'm the only guy or woman, I guess, alive like me in history. Huh. That's how unique we all are. And part of that is uh, there, there's these interactions between the human genome and the microbiome. And we know like simple things like a single microorganism can control maybe a hundred or more genes in our body in terms of expressing inflammatory substances. So this is where, whether it's diet affecting a microbiome or microbiome make, you know, doing something with the food we eat or some, you know, circular interaction, there's data both ways. So you can't just say it's one way. It's, it's probably more complex than like a single route, if you will probably like a giant tornado right, with a cyclone and hurricane all going on at once. You know what I mean? Right. So you get all these reactions happening. And then we come along and say, oh, I'm going to study this one. <laughs> There's no way to, you know, it's really difficult to make sense of all that information. Yeah. Um, but 
what happens though is that even though we kind of know all unique, what does everyone ask? They always ask questions like, well, what's your treatment success rate? And, and the reason why that's ridiculous is because of this. There is no guarantee helping one person will work for the next person because we are so unique. But when people ask that, they're trying to get some sense of comfort because they're afraid. But the problem is they start going down a line of questioning that takes them further away from actually getting the quality of care they need. So I've, re I've written a book, uh, I've actually written over 100 books, but this particular book is about questions that every patient should ask their doctor, and I made it free. Because no one could say, oh, you're doing this for the money. Well, I give, I give away um, about 10 books we write um, every so often. They're all free. And so that way we could help people regardless of their income level. And uh, my long-term goal is to treat um, um, disease-free specifically. And so uh, the first question would be a patient should ask their physician or, or, or a physician at the center they're looking at going to is um, how will you treat the cancer that's in my body? And you're looking to get an answer, something like, well, here's how we're going to design something for you. If they already have a treatment plan in place without knowing your name, you already know you're a number. So don't add, don't expect more than that. That's what that's what large centers do is they treat people like numbers. They do the same approach for pretty much anyone with that given diagnosis. The second question and ask is, well, if this doesn't work, what do you do then? And that's where, where the world comes crashing down because they go to large centers because the centers take insurance and they go through right. some pretty aggressive protocol or at least pretty damaging protocol that winds up not working. And then they realize they're weaker than hell. They can't stand there. They may be have a bathroom, you know, trouble going to the bathroom on their own. And now they, uh, they don't have any other options at the center of their ads. So they got to start all over again somewhere else. And so that's, and there's other questions with those two is really what most people need to get a perspective of, am I going to the right place? On the financial aspect of things, everybody always asks questions like, well, do you take insurance? And what that tells you is they really have no idea about um, how to manage the expenses, uh, the business aspects of managing your expenses when you have a disease. Anyone that's competent about that, you don't care if you take insurance or not. What you care is if you have the lowest out-of-pocket expense. So when you go to a center like uh, we have here, a test that we would charge you $22 for, because legally that's the most we could charge. Like we literally are limited to what we could mark up. When you go to a hospital, they can charge you $600 for the same exact test. <laughs> and that's allowed by law. It's not like they're they're breaking a lot. That's just all allowed. So you're going somewhere that charges 30 times more, but hey, they take insurance. Well, now when insurance doesn't cover all of it, you're stuck with a bill that's a lot more than $22. <laughs> so what you got in the end was a bill you were not expecting as opposed to not, hmm, 22 bucks. I mean, uh, you could save some money, you could budget it, like there's ways to deal with that. So most people create a scenario where they get blindsided with big bills. And that's right. why there's so many people filing bankruptcy due to medical reasons in the United States. Yeah. Because they just didn't plan for the fact that insurance does not cover everything. Yeah. 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 Well, I got charged over $10,000 for a flu test uh, last spring. So that's uh don't, don't even get me started. Um, <laughs> so just very quickly, like on your, uh, one of the things I got, you know, in preparation for the, 
interview were six dietary considerations for pancreatic cancer patients. My great my grandmother had pancreatic cancer, so I know what what a what a beast uh, that particular cancer is. And so I want to ask you those six dietary considerations, but I also want to ask: Are the six considerations? I mean, if it's if it's good for a for a pancreatic cancer patient in that exaggerated state of of you know normal existence, is it is are these six things good just for prevention as well? So the the simple answer would be yes, they are good for prevention. But you know what I would um. What I would tell people first is that movement is more important than nutrition. And the reason I say that is what we've seen over and over again, when people move more, they're naturally driven to seek out healthier food choices right. that kind right. of fit what they're missing from like a micronutrient perspective. Hmm. So like you hear like there's a kind of a, you know, what's more important, you know, diet or exercise. Um, I would say exercise from the perspective that it helps you then naturally move towards a wider variety of fruits and vegetables. Right. Um, now, in terms of uh, the dietary considerations for pancreatic cancer patients, you know, we're um, constantly evolving in terms of the recommendations and stuff that we make. So, if you try to like do a, a general lecture where I didn't know anyone and let's say the topic was pancreatic cancer, we look at maybe some lifestyle variables like, you know, your positioning. So uh, one thing is um, don't lie down after eating. That's uh, some, and what's interesting is um, how much that could increase risk dramatically. Uh, another one is things like limit red meat consumption. But one of the things I'll add is that um, net data um, there's not always a distinction made between red meat that's blackened. And we know right. that any, any protein that's overcooked, you're changing the chemical structure or composition in some ways, and you're taking stuff that nature has made that is fairly healthy, and you're kind of transforming it into substances that don't occur in nature. So you do increase risk. And that seems to be even for fish, you know, proteins, things like that. So it doesn't seem to matter to protein if it's overcooked. Right. Respect is uh, things like distinctions between grass-fed beef and let's just say, um, you know, some poor animal that's just stuff, you know, over and over again with some uh, corn or whatever else they're shoving down the animal. Um, that is, uh, there does appear to be some differences in the chemical composition of the meat and how that affects the, the people consuming um, that meat. Um, I'm like, sorry, did you say something? No, that was a stupid echo. Oh, no worries, man. Stupid I'm, echo. Me, I'm, I'm here. You just tell me, no, you're hearing things. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I get asked a lot of times about, you know, ketogenic diets a lot. Right. And, um, you know, so what I'll tell you is the actual answer is um, no one knows enough about nutrition. Um, I've tested so many people. I never found two people that respond the same way to food. Golly, yes, uh, that is such and, an important point. Yeah. And, and, and let's just say, let's say I'm a complete idiot. I know nothing about what I'm saying. Other groups are finding the same thing. So, right. so, so you can't ignore like you got people that don't even know each other and that are doing research in their own labs in different parts of the world are basically showing that. Like we like to say, like, hey, you know, fruits and vegetables are healthier than let's say cookies and candy, right? I mean. Right. You'd be hard pressed to find someone to go, no, everybody should eat cookies and candy or, or let's say junk food. 
The problem, though, now is when you're studying people from a world and you see all kinds of altered microbiomes, you start to see some weird stuff. And there are some people that claim that, you know, they never eat fruits and vegetables and they feel great. Well, groups out of Australia that have been studying, you know, glycemic load and glycemic index of foods, and now they've added not just the responses in the, in the body or the blood to, to um, like after you eat something, how does your blood sugar change over time in the, in the blood, they start looking at genetics of the people and they start looking at microbiome. And they start seeing things like some people eat, you know, fruits and vegetables and their blood sugars are incredibly stable. Other people eat fruits and vegetables and their blood sugars are all over the place like a roller coaster, right? right. But then they eat junk food and their blood sugar is stable. Right. right. Now keep in mind, in these studies, the focus, the objective marker that they're measuring is blood sugar. They're not looking at micronutrient levels. They're not looking at performance indicators like are you stronger, or, you know, weaker, anything like that. So just, just for blood sugar. sugar. Wow, there's so much variability in how we respond to, to the same measured amount of carbohydrate or same measured amount of calories or, or your foods. It's, it's difficult to predict what how someone will respond. You could simply go maybe over a range, like here's what we've seen. But because uh, getting back to, let's say, diet or nutrition and cancer, so many people come to us and say, oh, I heard, you know, either – a Gershwin diet or a ketogenic diet or an all vegan diet is best. And, but I usually say as well, you know, how do you feel about eating that? And if they like doing it, so let's do it. Let's follow. You have to start somewhere. And then as we monitor them and we see how their body responds and we'll say, let's looks good. It looks like you're doing well. Let's keep doing this. Or if it doesn't look like they're doing well, then we have to consider what are we going to change now? Um, the challenges I have conceptually with ketogenic diets is that um, it is very difficult to sustain long-term. And that um, what's usually not addressed is how does the ketogenic diet affect the microbiome and micronutrient status long-term? And then there's some concern over immune function. So if we have people that have cancer and immune function is critical, I mean, it's really important in that scenario do we want to alter anything that may affect immune function or microbiome? Like a lot of the food we eat, uh, there are organisms that see that food first, chemically convert some of those substances into more active substances before they get absorbed into our blood and utilized by our cells. So now if we just follow a diet that totally distorted our microbiome, you know, is that helping us or harming us? You know, you could, depending on what you're measuring, you could have an answer you know, you could say it's harming us or you could say it's helping us depending on what your concern is. So it's not an easy, like, you know, right or wrong right. You know, uh, answer. Right. right. Golly, we like there. I want to talk to you for like two more hours. Uh, we are coming up on time, but let's, so, let's have you on. Let's have you on again. If, really? If like I, uh, yeah. I, uh, sure. you guys are pretty cool and I'd love to be on your show. And well, uh, I, I have no like uh, side comments here because I'm just sitting here absorbing everything you're saying. And I'm like, uh, I could listen to him talk. Yeah about this stuff for like another you know another hour well, well but unfortunately our free zoom uh call is, is about to kick us off so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well but, but we can go into a, a pay call and we'll make it a little bit longer but i was going to say is uh you guys got to come by and maybe try to do a podcast from here where yeah. we're actually doing something to you you know like we'll, we'll, you can draw some blood and show like what happens before and after something or yeah you know do some other wacky thing like um i've had uh i mean we, we actually bring um 
we bring all kinds of magnetic fields and uh, light therapy, laser systems, electrical systems into the gym. We have guys working out, you know, in a magnetic field or doing IV therapies with, you know, while they're working out. So you see some stuff that you probably haven't seen anywhere else. And then you see these guys, it looks like universal soldier where guys are walking in wimps and coming out with studs. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, if you, um, we have 84 year old women doing some impressive stuff. I saw a woman the other day, um, I don't do the strength training. I have a strength coach here that does that for the uh, people here. I saw this woman and she's, she's doing a hundred pound deadlift and, and she did it easily. And I'm like, uh, you sure it's hundred pounds? Like, yeah, he goes, I kept thinking, I don't want to go too heavy with her, but everything I put there, she lifted easily. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have to start, I was like, get great grandma on, you know, lifting some heavy weights, man. Come on. Yeah. You know, that's uh, awesome. So funny. Awesome. Uh, well, very quickly, where can people find you, uh, promote, promote your stuff real quick. Uh, just causenta.com. It's C A U S E N T A. And they could fill out a form if they want, you know, to engage with us. Uh, there's like a little thing there. I have uh, two podcast shows. One is Ask Dr. Tom. Uh, both are on iTunes. The other one is 1-800-MAN show. The Ask Dr. Tom is more for like, um, if you have more medical related questions, you want more of a serious kind of answer. Uh, the one Angel man show is kind of like all the muscle heads out there, like, dude, how much protein do I need? Yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, when we talk more about like how to get cre- crazy strong on you know, the one Angel man show, because we got a lot of cool stories about me and Magnus for Magnus. Yes. Like, oh, I say his name all the time. When I talk about the greatest like manly name of all time, I always <laughs> say Magnus the Magnus. And then you know him. Yeah, yeah. Well, imagine, you know, I'm not that tall of a guy. I mean, I like to tell people I'm 5'10", but I'm probably lying. I'm probably close to 5'8". And, uh, you know, I'm around all these behemoths and freaks of nature named Magnus. Talk about insecurity complexes. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Magnus for Magnuson. I want to name my son <laughs> Magnus for Magnuson. Oh, that's the greatest name of all time. He was a strong man. I used to watch him on ESPN all the time. He was my favorite. I can't believe you know him. Could we Could we get him on our show? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I haven't been in touch with him since, uh, <laughs> gosh, about ten years. Oh man, it wouldn't take that much effort. I reached out to a few buddies. Yeah. Um, I used to do um, seminars with him. Would be the two of us lecturing. <sighs> it was pretty funny. It was like a Laurel and Hardy show. You know, just, <laughs> because he would just be like me, lift heavy, and you know, people would ask him how much he could lift, and he would answer it. And if there's anything scientific or technical, right, he would just. Point, point to, to you meaning yeah. i had to answer the question <laughs> he's like i don't know i just lift a rock like i don't know what it means yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a you know he's a he's a smart dude he's not like an idiot or anything right 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 it's just one of those things just like kind of like the shtick we had developed you know he's like he played the role of the big guy and right. i played the role of the geek right <laughs> oh my gosh that's great cool well hopefully we can drive some traffic your way and i will email you guys when the show is up but this has been great and really would like to have you back on sometime uh late in the spring early summer and we'll uh, we'll continue the conversation awesome thanks so much guys awesome. thanks dr hey, tom all right have a, have a good night how oh, you too you're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. You don't even know who that is. I know exactly who no, that is. No, you don't. I used to be like on ESPN. No, because I said that. Like in the middle of the night lifting up rocks and like beer kegs and stuff. I know because I'm a strongman guy. What if we could have him on the show? We can't have him on the show. We tried to get Shaq on the show. We tried and we failed miserably. <laughs> 
Um, there was something else that I was going to say. Um, oh, by the way, just so everyone understands the context, when Mark was like flipping out at the end of that, like, oh my god, you know, Magnus, Magnus, I sent him a text. <laughs> stop, just stop. <laughs> I get a little excited sometimes. I know you do. Um, yes. How do you make a farm girl like you? I don't know, Mark. How do you make a farm girl like you? A tractor. It's good. <laughs> I've told your planet one several times. <laughs> I told that to my dad, and his response was, hmm. Dad, joke. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I know. Listen, uh, did I ever t- <laughs> my My nemesis... Uh, dad joke growing up was snoo yes uh we've talked about this yeah 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 the the, Uh, we'll talk say it again like what's have you had me say hey what's for dinner and he'd say snoo and the very first time when i was like seven i was like what's What's snoo snoo? you'd say not much not what's new with you and literally nine thousand more times until i moved out hey what's for dinner snoo god like, okay, I got it. Thanks. <laughs> here's here's a funny one. I, I don't know if I said this one last week. Um, the other day, my wife got kind of got on to me about how immature I was, and I told her <laughs> she could get right out of my fort. That's good. Hey, Mark, did you know the very first French fries, they were not actually cooked in France? Where were they cooked, Rick? They were cooked in Greece. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about like, your mom cooked them or something. Didn't your mom say this? <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, 102.27. If you believe that, everyone's going to think it's worse than what I said. <laughs> it's not surprise, just leave it. <laughs> awesome. All right, well. Listen listens to the show, right? Uh, probably not. It'll be awkward on Saturday. Oh, yeah, when you see her. So oh. what were the French fries cooked in? <laughs> Baked or, potatoes were cooked down or, into French fries. They were cooked in your anus. You should ring a baked potato. Tell that story again real quick for those who don't who don't know. Okay, but you need to bring a baked potato on Saturday and like when you see my mom, just hand it to her. Gross. And so okay, so this story very quickly. Uh, Rick was as he still does sends me videos of of this your is like squats. Four years ago, yeah, this of your squats. Long. We need to talk about uh, other machines that you have, but your squats. You're, you're lifting some weight, Rick. I'm not going to say that what you're doing, what you're doing is not is not harming you at all. You're getting strong. Throwing um, it around, Mark. So I'm talking about throwing that weight around, big big weights, light weights. Um, and so. I, he, I was looking at it, and I'm like, you know, like, well, you need to do da-da-da-da and squat, da, I, da, Okay, da. so I send Mark, uh, like, I take videos of when I do squats every yeah. week. Mark that. And, uh, <laughs> and send them to Mark for, like, form critique because there's so many moving parts with squats. I want to see, like, I want to get, like, an outside perspective to make sure, you know, things are in line, things are level or whatever. And so I send those to Mark. And so he sends me as I'm running back, and I was like, you need to practice da-da-da-da squatting. No, no, you need to practice, like uh, – your depth and uh, something else. I don't remember. Well, and, and your response was something along the lines of, let me say this because I don't want to bleep it, was something along the lines of squatting and and a mom joke. Let's just say that. And it was pretty awful. That's the same thing like your mom told me, but... Oh, okay, okay. 104.26. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. And so I so I happened to be laying on the floor. Little did I know Mark was at <laughs> with his parents at the time. And my mom is sitting at her little desk, like at her computer, like doing her little Facebook or emails, whatever so and I was like, Hey mom <laughs> I was like, and, hey Rick just texted me, you know what he texted me? And she was like, What? And so, like, I hit record on my phone, and I was, and I read, and like, I re- recited the text to her, <laughs> and you see her, like, there was like a silence, like a shocked, open mouth look on her face. Well, no, she like her face, like, kind of comes out from behind the, the 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 computer screen, and she's got yeah this like gape mouth, and then off camera you hear my dad go, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I can't find that video. That has to be somewhere. Oh, that was so great because he it was did. so like Mark sends back. You really need to work on your depth, and I sent back. That's the same thing your mom told me. And then like 15 seconds later, I get this video back from Mark, <laughs> of, and I hit play, and he's like, "Hey, mom, I was talking to Rick about squats, and I said he needed to really work on his depth." And he said, "That's what the same thing your mom told me." <laughs> and your dad and she looked. He did. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's so funny. Uh, <sighs> if it literally would have been any other person's parents, I would have been completely mortified. But I could not stop laughing. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, we have we're, we're booked out through uh, the first of April, so that's fun. Yep. Next week we're just doing several hypothetical guests. <laughs> for the text message, oh my right? gosh, that was funny. <laughs> next next week we're just doing the ins and outs. Okay, next week we have Zombie Hitler on. He sent us an email. He said he's available, so we're gonna have him on. Mark said, "Sounds good." <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Oh man. Um, okay, so that's gonna do it for this edition of the Soviet Podcast. And remember. <laughs> So until next time, we forgot. Uh, do we ever do tip of the week? <laughs> <laughs>